0: I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Okay, this is going to be a surprise to a lot of people, those of you who know me, but I was asked back in September 2011, which I can't believe it was that long ago, to be a speaker on a Pickup Artist Summit. It was a huge summit. And those of you who don't know what that is, it's a kind of a movement of men whose goal is seduction and sexual success to access women. And even though that is not what I'm about, I was coming in to talk about image and how first impressions and the way you dress definitely influence seduction. So when I was there, I mean, if you can imagine, there was, first of all, I think it was one of maybe three women there and I definitely didn't fit in. I mean, everybody looked different and there was all these so-called gurus and they, I mean, I, I remember this one guy I think had spiked hair. I'm not sure what he was about. It was but a freaking the men- circus. it was a circus okay so those of you just heard my guest today because he's. i know i'm supposed to be quiet
1: i'm supposed to be quiet until you introduce me i'm not gonna do that i know because well
0: not only that is it's almost too hard to be quiet with this because i'll never forget this i picked you out in that crowd i mean there was like 300 people there and i felt like you were the only one that looked like me. Like you had a little bit of Midwest, like you were just clean cut and you had the smile on your face and you you were approachable. You were totally approachable. And where the other guys, literally, they were doing the lines on me. I, I'll never forget that feeling, a feeling like a specimen that day. But anyway, you and I just kind of locked in and we really, I mean, I think from that moment on, became friends, we had so much in common both from the midwest and all that so that is where i met this guy jordan harbinger who is on the call today who i'm just i'm so excited that you're on and it really means a lot to me that you're on here because we have a long history together in fact a lot of you guys don't know this either jordan and i had done a show together do you remember this
1: yeah, of course. I was just talking about this with my <laughs> producer, Jason, who's also helping us with the tech today. And it was, it's funny because I was like, oh, so good, Jason. He's like, no, it was awful because it was so long ago. We're much better broadcasters now that we can't release it. It's so bad.
0: It was that. It was that. But I think the subject matter was really good. It was called full disclosure and we had guys calling in with dating problems and, you know, you had kind of the guy's response, I had the girl's response. So I really, I mean, I liked the subject, but I agree with you. And now if you guys listen to Jordan's Art of Charm podcast today, I mean, it's kicking butt, by the way. Like, I'm so proud of you. You're what, the top 50 podcast on iTunes?
1: Yeah, top 50, top 100, depending on the day when you look. And yeah, we've got almost 4 million downloads every single month.
0: (gasps) Oh my gosh. And I knew you then. I'm, I'm just like... That's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now I'm kind of like, why do you keep bringing up that thing we went to? But it makes sense. That's how we met. But I'm also like, oh, we went there and there were guys there with pink hair and pink Mustangs to match cars that matched their hair on purpose.
0: I know. What was that? like? And, and they were supposedly the gurus who were able to approach women successfully. Yeah, I don't <laughs> okay. buy it. I didn't buy it at all. Um, I just want to tell the audience a little more about you. Besides being an awesome podcaster, you have a gr- great program, Art of Charm. You have boot camps for men. And I'm honored to be the female resident coach for the AOC sisters. And actually have gone on a couple podcasts with you. So I definitely service the, uh, the sisters out there. I love that more and more women are listening to your podcast, too, by the way.
1: Yeah, it used to be like 90% dudes. Now it's not.
0: And now it's not. No, now well, it's no, no, it's no, it's almost
1: half half. It's approaching half half. Yeah,
0: well, yeah, because when I talk to the women, I mean, and I don't know if you know this, they all are so like excited with your content and and they want to do you know the boot camps and your programs and everything that you're teaching. But the thing is, is that they are women, and that's you know we are different, and I think that even though. The things and the content that you're teaching the guys, I think the approach in teaching women is somewhat different, and that's what I do. So, I don't know. I thought we could talk a little bit about, you know, what you do with AOC and also how we can help the women out there. Because women are craving this information.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, by the way, I just looked at my stats. It's still definitely 70% men. So if you're g- going to listen to The Art of Charm and be an AOC sister, you're going to be part of an elite group. But what's funny is <laughs> 30% of the audience, at least 50% of the communication. Surprise. I get more uh-huh. email from the sisters than the guys. Or as of course. much. course. Yeah. Of
0: course. And what are they saying? Like, what are the number one thing that they're asking information There's for? a
1: few different pieces. Some of them are are like, this is great, I love this because I'm a fly on the wall. Others are like, okay, this is unisex, which I agree with, so they love it. And then there's still a smaller minority that listen going, okay, I wanted to hate this and write to you and be like, you're a terrible person, but I've been listening for longer and it's amazing and now I'm a fan. So we do attract a different sort of type of person who's interested in growth and moving forward and learning and there's a certain percentage of those people that want to laugh at it, hate on it, decide that we're like those weird pickup guys where you and I met, et cetera, and then eventually come around and realize, wow, this is the real thing
0: and it it's it totally is, and you know when I work with the women, when I get my hands on them, so to speak, you know there is so much more it 's not just about the pickup line. I think the thing that i'm discovering, and this is what I wanted to talk to you about is how like how people can really be more vulnerable when it comes to expressing themselves, when it comes to connecting with others and communicating and th- this is what the women tell me they feel like a lot of times guys aren't authentic in the way that they communicate and i wonder like you know cuz guys are so used to having a formula and wanting the f- you know how to, how to do something like that and when women are receiving it they don't think that guys are always being authentic but the the truth of the matter is Guys are trying to learn the same thing as women. I know this because I work with guys, too. So um, I don't know. I, I wanted to really talk about authenticity and vulnerability both in both sexes. But here's the thing that <laughs> I want to ask you. When, were you always the guy that you are today before you did this whole thing? Because I know you and I have kind of talked about this, and it goes along with what we're talking about, being authentic,
1: kind of a complex question right because the question is did I always act this way or is the well is the question did I always act this way and behave this way or is the question was the person that I am now always behind a wall of other crap that was programmed into me that I did to fit in etc etc and the answer is yes and no I was definitely reserved shy quiet didn't didn't express my personality was less expressive back in the day especially as a kid because of fill in the blank social programming, social anxiety, growing up as an only child, like uh, introversion, whatever. Tons of reasons. However, of course, everyone grows as a person. So would I have been, would I have all things considered grown into this particular person that I am now? I don't think so, if I think about it honestly. I think that who I am today is a deliberate mix of the results of choices that I've made over the last over my entire lifetime but of course especially over the last 10 years when those choices became deliberate instead of just going with the flow or not paying attention to the skills that I build with people and things like that does that make sense
0: yes it totally makes sense and that's exactly what I was going for because I know you and I have talked about that and we've all had journeys right and I know like with my divorce that was like a kick in the butt for me. You know, I I thought I was living a, a certain life until that happened. And sometimes adversity, you know, really kind of kicks you in the butt and makes you realize some things about yourself. And what was funny to me is that when I started opening up about my situation, All these other people came out of the woodworks, people who I thought was like seemingly happy in their marriages. And, you know, it's funny when you start sharing things about yourself and and really kind of allowing people to feel you. And that's when all the magic started happening, too, with friendships. I actually had more intimate relationships with my friends than I did ever before. So, yeah, I wondered if that had happened to you, especially with what you do right now. So, like what helped you?
1: Well, first of all, I started working on Wall Street, right? I, and and this is sort of the mm-hmm. beginning of the story, but also not quite the beginning. So, I started working on Wall Street, and when I was a kid, I went to school and I kind of coasted through high school cuz I was able to study a little bit and I was I don't know, I would say like a 51% kind of kid in terms of being smart. So I was able to to fake it till I made it through high school. Then I got to college. Everybody was smart, but they were all busy drinking their faces off. And I had spent a year as an exchange student in Germany doing that. So I was over it. So I was able to outwork all those people. And then when I got to Wall Street... As an attorney, or sorry, I actually skipped law school. Of course, I got into law school. A lot of people were drinking. A lot of people didn't want to work because they were really smart, the smartest that they had in their school, because I went to Michigan, which is a decent law school. So a lot of people just didn't want to compete, so they didn't work or they thought I can coast through it. So I worked really hard there, outworked everyone, got to Wall Street, realized, oh, my God, my competitive advantage is neutralized because everybody works hard and everybody's smart. And I'm screwed. So I decided to focus on people skills, learning how to create and maintain relationships and things like that. And that became something I just dedicated my life to. And sure, in my 20s, I was like, oh my gosh, this works on women too. Let me focus on dating. And then I kind (laughs) of came full circle and was like, "Ah, okay, I got that part unlocked. Let's go back to the original intent, which is persuasion, influence, reading nonverbal communication, body language, et cetera, negotiation tactics, things like that, that are social science, behavioral economics. Those were the things I was really interested in. So, of course, once I left Wall Street, first order of business. Oh, and by the way, I left Wall Street because, yes, one, the economy tanked, and I was working in mortgage industry. I was a a Wall Street attorney, so I was doing finance based on things that don't exist anymore because they were a terrible idea in the first place. And I really took what I'd learned then and ran with it and started the Art of Charm podcast with my business partners, AJ and Johnny, and that had been growing slowly. And being new entrepreneurs, we're like, oh, yeah, this is going to take a year before it takes off because it's fine. And we already had a bunch of business and we're doing okay. This is 10 years ago, by the way. And we just kept at it. We kept at it. And I never went back to law because I had to make that choice. Right. What's my what's my next move? Do I want to be somebody who gets another job that I don't like, or is this thing that I've become obsessed with that so many people are finding useful, is this really my, and I hate using words like this, purpose or calling, and, and it turned out to be the case, at least for the last decade. And so I really threw myself into, with AJ and Johnny here at The Art of Charm and our live programs and on the show, learning everything possible about those aforementioned subject areas of nonverbal communication persuasion and influence and and the associated areas that go along with it so that's been the focus of study it's been the focus of the art of charm podcast it's been the focus of the interviews with ninety nine percent of the guests that have been on the show And that has been the strongest lever in my entire life. I met my wife through this networking. I've created my business through this networking. I can't overstate how life-changing it's been for me. And I don't expect everybody to dive headfirst into the study of this. However, anybody who ignores these particular skill areas is just being willfully ignorant of the secret game being played around you. Does that make sense? So if you kind of go, well, I don't need to know this or oh, I don't care about networking or I don't care about building relationships. You're really just opting out of the game that everyone else is playing in order to get ahead. And you might think, well, that's what I want because I don't like that whole who, you know, thing that's fine, but you're losing. You can't not play the game. You can only, you're still in it. You're just not earning any points. Does that make any sense? It's like, it you're totally still in the race, but you're sense. not running. It
0: does, but then how? Okay, so here's my question: Is you, when you're a lawyer, you you have to have certain skills to persuade people that you're right, correct? Correct. Like, okay, so you had a certain skill set, and you knew that there were certain things that you had to do to persuade people. So, how did you then like segue from that life? To being more like authentic where people really can feel you like where where did that happen? Was there something that kind of crossed over for you? Because I know that must have been a struggle. Well, I can't imagine.
1: It's interesting you should ask that. There's an assumption built into that that is totally reasonable, which is that lawyers somehow learn people skills, including persuasion and influence Either in law school or on the job and maybe they learned it on the job. You certainly I certainly did not learn it in law school. You might learn mock trial stuff or whatever, but you don't learn that. And the other assumption that's built in there is that being persuasive is also not being authentic. And I disagree with that. And I'm not. Right. That's,
0: yeah. I'm glad you that. mentioned that.
1: It's kind mm-hmm. of like those people that say, and I'm not pointing any fingers at your audience or, or even my own, that say things like, well, I don't want to work on my social capital or my networking skills. I don't want to work on my charisma because it's fake. Well, not really. The person that you are when you're around your closest friends and you just feel really comfortable and you can be yourself and outgoing and Mm -hmm. fun and crack jokes. that's your most charismatic that's the most charismatic version of yourself it's not going up on a podium and riling people up it's just the most authentic version of yourself so working on your charisma working on your persuasion working on your influence really is an exercise it really is an exercise in just becoming more authentic so charisma, persuasion, influence, aside from some of the little tactics like reciprocation and things that we talk about on The Art of Charm a lot of the time, really, Mm -hmm. these are not separate things that are, they're certainly not opposite. They're certainly not opposites, but not only are they not opposites, they are essentially the same thing, almost without exception. And I think people need to realize that because there's almost this repulsion or revulsion from people when they hear, like, oh, I don't want to have to do, I don't want to have to be someone I'm not. You're not. We're really this is not an additive process where we're saying add this layer to your personality. Add this little wing ding to your persona. Put on this little social mask. We're not doing that. We're removing the crap that's keeping you from expressing yourself. Social anxiety, social programming, little uh, customs and, and cultural stuff that you were raised with. That's not serving you. We're removing that. So we're not adding to you. We're taking away things that are inhibiting you and that is a massive difference that is worth noting here because once you realize that then you can stop feeling like you're being fake because really you're being fake when you're not doing this stuff when you're not being the best version of yourself that's when you're inauthentic not when you're not when you're doing everything that that you would do if you were with your sister and your best friend that's authenticity.
0: It's so true, but I think that is really hard for people to understand, you know, like when they when they hear that. And all the research says and obviously this podcast is called the the charisma quotient because I believe that this is the connection to everything, to opportunity, to love when somebody is charismatic. But Charisma isn't something you're born with This is what a lot of people don't know It is something that is learned And sometimes people have people in their lives That influence them in ways So they learn some of these skills A lot of times they don't So it it's true And I'm glad you're highlighting that Because I hear all the time Oh that person's being manipulative Or they're not believing it
1: oh, So yeah. I, I just I, have a question I, right? I just want to I apologize for interrupting you But I got an email today From somebody that said Hey, I just heard one of your, I mean, they said your show on influence. I was thinking, okay, which one of the 900 plus episodes as of recording? (laughs) But he said, like, don't you, this is morally bankrupt. You're sharing company with, and I just thought (laughs) you can say that right now, but it's so absolutely asinine and ridiculous to think that somebody who works on themselves In terms of how they present to the world is morally bankrupt in any way another note that I want to make before before we move on is I you said that's part of being charismatic finding the key you know the key to love is being charismatic I want to I very much want to separate the idea that being charismatic is the same thing as being outgoing because right now there's someone listening to your show who's going oh no I'm never going to find love because I'm not charismatic because I like reading and being quiet and having coffee in a cafe it's not the same thing It's not the same thing. It's
0: totally not the same thing. And, you know, in in what I teach people, I look at three things that are part of charisma. And I know that you do something similar. But with women, it's something that they can hear. And that is looking at the way people express themselves, their emotional intelligence, their social intelligence, the way they, you know, manage relationships and interact. And I have a third piece, which, of course, being an image consultant, style intelligence is what I call it. And the way that you, you know, present in, in your style, your first impression. Your body language And so yeah you can be a very Quietly powerful person You don't have to be that gregarious Outgoing person So I'm glad you mentioned that I have a question so did you Was there ever a time that Somebody found You not authentic And not vulnerable Enough like they kind of called you out as being Manipulative
1: (sighs) It's so rare because I think The fact that, one, I self-deprecate in a very normal way without even thinking about it. Two, I share vulnerability all the time. I I think one thing that a lot of guys don't get especially, and I'm not singling out guys only, but a lot of guys especially, they they think that being strong means being like, alpha, bro, you know, don't show any vulnerability. But the truly strong person is not afraid to put down the shield and say something like, and I'll do this in front of a group of people if I think somebody else is feeling uncomfortable because I like to create that consensus. But especially if I feel it, I'll, I'll uh, I, there was a, recently I was in a meeting with a uh, a bunch of Hollywood types and we were going over something for the art of charm. Da, 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 and there was a word in the agreement that we were reading. And I went, um, excuse me. And I, I wish I could remember the word because it wasn't that complicated. But I was like, uh, what does this mean? And everyone paused and then three people were like, yeah, I actually don't know what that means either. And everyone kind of had a chuckle (laughs) because we had to look it up. The entire room, there's like eight or nine people in there had no idea what it meant. But nobody wanted to say, what does that mean? Because they didn't want to look like they didn't know that vulnerability. They didn't want to showcase that. So that was something that I thought was quite interesting. And what that shows for our purposes here is that the strong man and the strong person is not afraid to showcase a little bit of vulnerability when it's authentic when it makes sense and
0: it's so true
1: women are really good at seeing this too the guy who's like yeah I'm tough I can beat up anybody and then there's a guy next to him that goes yeah not me that guy looks really scary it's immediately more comfortable depending on your social well actually there's a few there's a few factors here but for many slash most women the person who's expressing themselves honestly is going to be more attractive which is if guys knew that well we'd be dealing with a whole different set of behavior wouldn't we
0: It's so true. I was telling, I was coaching a woman once. I'll never forget this. She was so, she had so much social anxiety going to networking events and we were working on this and always, and, and this is true for the most part, things that go on in your head is always bigger than what is. And so she had this kind of thing in her head that everybody was staring at her. Everybody knew each other and she felt like a little girl. And I said, so when you feel like a little girl, what what does that do for you? And she's like, well, I feel like, you know, back in junior high when everybody knew each other and I felt excluded. I said, what if you said that? She's like what I said what if you actually went to this networking event That you always do And you said that exact thing That sometimes when I go to these places I feel like I'm back in junior high Where everyone knows each other Hi my name is Betsy And she's like, oh my God, I I guess I'd feel exposed, but you know what, she did it and she came back. She's like, Kim, that worked like a charm. (laughs) And I said, why, what happened? She's like, well, I just was real and I told people that I was kind of nervous because everybody knew each other and I felt like I was in junior high again. And she totally got included. The networking event was the best she's ever done. And so to your point, the person who is the most vulnerable and real is the one that's usually successful. So that was
1: really... Of, cu- of course. And and the other side of that coin is you're not freaking fooling anyone anyway, most of the time. So, exactly. And I'm saying this from right. a guy's perspective. You know, when you're like, yeah, bro, I don't even care. It's like, ah, you totally do. And by the way, do you have profanity on your show or not really? Now we do. Okay. Because <laughs> there's, this, there's this common refrain among guys where it's like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. And I'm like, yeah, you do. You give so yeah, you many. Do. You give so many fucks that you can't even be yourself. You have no idea who you're showing up as right now. You can't. You can't even express yourself because you're worried because you give every fuck that you can muster is given, and that. But the whole thing is like, yeah, I don't even care whatever I don't give a fuck it's like ah oh, man that whole but that's persona that's a defense
0: that's a defense. Oh, of it's course. A coping mechanism but you nobody know, b- buys it fear of rejection you're nobody not even, buys it
1: yeah nobody buys it you're not yeah. fooling yourself the only person who's finding it attractive is like this 14 year old girl at the mall right who doesn't know any better
0: <laughs> right and by the way women do the same thing but it just manifests differently they may not say I don't give a fuck but they'll just say oh, I'm not good enough. I don't have anything important to say. Like they, they get more down on themselves and they don't see their worth. And so that they're totally quiet and they think they have to mask and, and seem like little miss perfect. Like they know the answers rather than just being real. So it actually is the same for men and women. It just, I think, manifests itself differently.
1: That makes sense to me.
0: I mean, some of the things that you mentioned, well, first of all, with your journey and also what you teach at The Art of Charm is that it was, it's helpful to understand, first of all, people skills, just in general, just have an awareness of that. And then also how to translate that into maintaining relationships. And the other thing that you brought out, which I think is really important, is that being persuasive is authentic, That it doesn't mean that you know just because you're persuasive that you're that you're being manipulative or not authentic. Um, Do you have any other tips that you would say to the listeners? Because you know trying to break this down and how to be authentic, I think, is so important.
1: Well, persuade, being persuasive. There's a couple of different sort of mini skill sets here. Because, for example, Mm -hmm. you can we think of used car salesmen as attempted being attemptedly making an attempt at being persuasive, I guess you should say. But we are more convincing and more charismatic when we're authentic, which is in itself more influential, which is, of course, more persuasive. So that's sort of the transitive property mm. there. The way that we can do this is by being open about our fears, but not falling into a victim mindset, not using it to get attention, of course, uh, and just being very oh, forthright. Huge.
0: Does that make sense? Yes. So if I'm, yes. if I'm going
1: to an event and I go... I do the Betsy thing. Hey, this makes me feel like junior high. I'm never sure what to say. Hi, my name is Betsy. That's fine. But if you show up and you go, nobody ever talks to me at these things, so I better go up and be sad. That's not going to work. That's Because victim. then it's, it becomes Classic a technique. Victim. Right?
0: Yes. Yes. Good distinction, by the way, of that. Yeah. No, I like that. And I think that um, a lot of times people have learned, and, and a lot of it's tied to the past and family system and upbringing and, you know, you and I always talk about that, that they got attention early on for being the victim. So then they translate, well, that's how I can be successful in networking because I don't know, you know, to be vulnerable and really show up in an authentic way is either too scary or foreign to me. So I'll just default to the victim Right. So that's really important when it comes to, you know, learning this stuff. Okay, so that's good. Any last words of wisdom, Jordan Harbinger?
1: No, I mean, the the idea that you're talking about here that we're talking about here with authenticity, persuasion, influence. This is a whole field of study that I've done for a decade. And Mm -hmm. while I may interview a lot of people on the Art of Charm that have seemingly not much to do with this, I've dedicated my life to the study of this stuff. So if you're really interested in working these issues out, coaching is a great way to do it. Also, really dive into it. It's worth the pursuit because I know a lot of people think, "Oh, I don't want to do that just to find love because once I find love, I won't need it. This will impact every single area of your life, whether it comes to everything your love life and relationships, your business life, the relationships you have with your friends and your family. It is absolutely worth a deep dive, possibly working on mastery, but I don't want to sell people on that because it scares them. But mm-hmm. there, there is no amount of time that you spend learning about yourself, learning about persuasion, influence, body language, nonverbal communication, the way you sit, stand, walk and talk and your inner monologue. None of that will ever be time wasted.
0: Well put. And for the men out there, make sure you go to Art of Charm because they have amazing programs. And for women, contact me and we pretty much teach very similar things, but just in a different format. So I have one last question for you. When I met you back in 2011, was that authentic or were you trying to persuade me to be your friend?
1: No, I think I was worried about the fact that no, here's what I remember from that time. (laughs) I walked in there and went, what the hell am I doing here? This is a freaking freak show. <laughs> and then know, I too. saw you and I got introduced to you via someone else because you smiled at me and I was like, who is that? Cause you were like, not a dude with pink, a pink Mohawk. And, and then, I was like
0: maybe one of four women. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. If that. And then, uh, I think some mutual friend was like, Oh, I'm this person," Or maybe you introduced yourself. I can't remember. And then I said, whatever I said, and that was definitely not a technique. I th- I literally think what I said was, hey, you're one of the only non-weird people here.
0: I know. See? So we
1: should hang and out. And that
0: was totally authentic, and that's what I felt. Yeah, so,
1: that was not a technique. Matt, that was me going, yeah. if you're weird, I'm literally going to walk past you and go out the door because I see the road right now. I just have to climb that gate. Yeah. But do
0: you see how that, how, like... I just everybody listening that was a total like real moment it was completely like there was there was no technique there there was no like persuasion (laughs) so I felt that obviously and and we're still friends today and just went to your wedding so that stuff
1: that's right you went to my wedding
0: Yay! Anyway, thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know what archetype you are, make sure you go to my site, seltzerstyle.com, and take the new improved quiz to see what challenges you're having out there in the dating field. Stay tuned until next week. More tips on how to feel and look fabulous every single day.